0: Strive Coaching Studio, guiding business leaders to meet the highest version of themselves. And now, here's Michelle, certified coach and founder of Strive Coaching Studio. Hey, everybody. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about giving you some strategies about what to do when you're feeling lonely at the top. I have often heard my clients talk about how they just don't have someone they can talk to or bounce things off of or walk through options or even just vent. And at times I've heard the stories when leaders have chosen either deliberately or as a result of a big issue or problem or event to talk to the wrong people about the problem or that person or the situation at hand. Whether you've been in any of these situations or have felt alone along the way, it's not uncommon to find yourself feeling this way as a result of thinking that you don't have anyone you can go to when you need someone. Now, I too have been in these situations over the years as the leader of my own company. As a small family run business, it was really comfortable to communicate openly with each other about problems, situations, challenging people. That's always fun. We would share and collaborate and brainstorm, sometimes for extended periods of time. And as we grew and we added more employees and had bigger decisions to make, we realized that there was a shift that was necessary. As a result, more confidential information, strategy, financial decisions, both short and long term, left myself and my husband slash business partner, realizing that we were the only ones we had to talk to about everything. And that created its own set of baggage and consequences. So it became apparent to me quickly that this is very much different than anything I had encountered before. And at times I even found myself grieving the days when I could sit so comfortably and casually and talk freely as I wished with the other family members slash team members of my organization. And yet, the benefits of having the opportunity of collaboration with other like-minded individuals around you are so immeasurable. There is so much research around it. Research shows that, number one, our best decisions are rarely made in isolation. That's pretty huge to know. Number two, the best circle to create is a diverse one that challenges your thinking. Number three, there's an increased volume of quality solutions and decision options available to you. And number four, there's an increased morale when you include others in that process. So there's a lot of research and proof that show the value of incorporating this need into your company. So changing our thinking and approach toward creating these opportunities around us is a worthwhile exercise for ourselves for our teams and the health of our businesses. We can decide we're lonely at the top and grieve the way it used to be, say the wrong things to the wrong people, and create more problems for ourselves and all of them around us. Or we can decide that being in this position is a responsibility that we've earned and we must not take it lightly. It's an opportunity to create results around us that serve everyone better, including, and most importantly, ourselves. Not only that, but it's far more powerful for us to decide that it's our responsibility to create and put ourselves in the best positions we can to fuel us with feeling like we are responsible, supported and empowered toward what we need to best function as leaders. When we make decisions that keep us in a place of loneliness or grief or loss or anything that resembles isolation of any sort, we will naturally continue to take actions and make decisions that are not ideal. It only makes sense that poor results would occur from actions fueled from isolation. These have included a variety of ways when a properly fueled and strategic plan is lacking. Some ways I've heard have been including and choosing a sort of favorite quote-unquote confidant and airing all the dirty laundry about everything and everyone. And while this may feel safe and nice to have in the short term, these decisions usually backfire at some point. They can turn into leaks, gossip, low morale, and potentially even an HR nightmare on your hands or even worse. Dirty laundry being dumped into another person's lap will most likely find its way out too, as even more dirty laundry. So plan on it happening eventually if it hasn't already. Some choose to share more than what's necessary with their management team. And while offering a fully transparent role modeling in the company as a culture is highly respectable, the fact is that not everything needs to be shared with everyone at every time. Some things create risk to the health, longevity and confidentiality expected as being a responsible fiscal steward of the company. Oversharing of information, particularly without strategy, can cause morale disrupt, risk employee retention as well as hiring. Remembering that thoughtful communication is far more beneficial than careless communication. So if you are unable to plan and strategize it thoughtfully, it's better to not say anything at all until you can. In each of the previous two cases with the confident or with the management team, we're attempting to place someone in a collaborative position for us who is likely not qualified or experienced enough to be in that position for our benefit so we can feel good. But they don't have the perspective we do from our position and therefore we put them in an unfair and heavily burdened place by doing this. They're incapable of actually contributing or collaborating toward any solution, yet they wear the weight of the problem far past its resolution. Now, our spouses, in most cases, are our biggest cheerleaders and supporters. This can be an amazing addition to the morale support of your life. And it's important to note that because they are our biggest fans. They many times will not disagree or point out contrary data or options to us. And when they do, is that really what we were looking for anyway from them? In most cases, they don't know the full extent of the background and information that you do. And they may be unable to challenge your thinking or question your assumptions of things. Now, business partners are also fantastic collaborators. The best partnerships are typically when each party brings different skill sets, mindsets, and talents to the table and rounds out the leadership really nicely. These are great opportunities. You each have the same best interests in mind, ideally. And it's also good to know that while it's nice to have other opinions and views offered, sometimes it's ideal to have someone who's just helping you figure out what and how you think and what you want to think before and after these type of collaborations in order to make the best final decisions. Now in each of these two previous cases, spouses and business partners, they fall into a category called cognitive bias. When you each have the same perspectives and interests in mind, it's easy to see the same things, the same problems, the same solutions. When in actuality, there may be many other options and perspectives that you would be denying yourself, as these parties would likely agree with all of your points and decisions, they already trust you, they already believe in you, and they've invested themselves in you, both financially and emotionally. So there's advantages to being the sole decision maker as well. Of course, one, it takes less time to be the sole decision maker versus polling each outside individual for their contribution. Two, the loudest or the most dominant voice may be the one heard, but isn't always the best option. Three, nobody knows what is right for you, your business and the situation better than you do. And four, polling others can be used as an excuse not to make decisions or problem solve at all. Analysis paralysis can ensue, keeping you spinning and not moving forward in any direction. One of my recent clients referred to our time together as his ability to just talk through issues and walk through strategic decision-making as extremely therapeutic for him. Being at the top in his family-run business meant that anyone else he would have chosen to talk through this with would either be biased, concerned to preserve themselves and their position and career path, or possibly not want to make any suggestions at all in the event that they would be judged for their opinion or their thinking about the topic. It can be a burden to put on any one of your employees. He is the best and only person who knows what's right for himself and for his company. I just help him uncover what is in the way of seeing it, discovering it, seeing other options and possibilities, and challenging himself to make the very best decisions from there. That is invaluable. And it's something that's difficult to obtain elsewhere. Now, once you decide that you're going to take responsibility for your position and your needs to support your decisions and your problem solving opportunities, the rest will fall into place. Once you make choices such as these, you'll be fueling yourself from a place that motivates your ability to truly create progress and affect positive influence and change in your business. Here's some ways you can do that. You could join networking groups where you can create a circle of other business professionals, both in and outside of your industry. That's a great option. Just planning who your go-to supporters are based on the topic or the issue is a good strategy to put into place in advance. They may be friends, family, or other supporters in your life. Small business advisory boards that serve your business on a quarterly, semi-annual, or even annual basis can be a great option as well. Selecting a diverse group with varied strengths who meet together with you to provide feedback, advice, direction, they can be fairly reasonable expenditure filled with value for you. And business coaches who offer group coaching or private one-on-one options are always a great, neutral, and very effective option to consider. There is a variety of other ways that you will create within your mind as to strategies and creative ways to solve this for you once you decide this direction is your path. What matters most is that you create and plan in advance of your problems with people you can trust to support you without bias. So to recap, step one is to evaluate the value of having someone be your supporter through the challenges and day-to-day obstacles that arise. What will serve you, what will serve your team, and what will serve your business best? Answering these questions first and deciding what's best will set the tone from there. Step two is determining what thoughts and decisions you want to make about being at the top of the leadership hierarchy. Who will you be from here? Step three will happen as a result of step two, which is that you will fuel your actions with the ideal motivators that it is going to take to create strategies you need for success and your desired results. Step four is to create those strategies, make decisions, and have a plan for yourself going forward. And then step five is just to reevaluate your results and determine what's working and what's not. Then just go back up to step one and work through the process again from there. Now, if you choose to pursue business coaching, here's what you can expect. Someone who will question the assumptions that you make to clarify your clear decision-making. Helping you understand what is motivating your decision-making process in assisting you to ensure that you're making them very deliberately. Sometimes you just can't see the forest through the trees. A business coach will help you see what you may not be able to see while you're standing in the middle of it. They'll help you get clear on your goal and your objective. Walking through the details will help clarify and define them specifically. They'll help determine how to pivot when things don't go as planned. They'll point out alternative options and possibilities to consider as you make your decisions. And they'll show you what is limiting you now that likely served you well in the past. And there's so much more. The list can go on and on. These are just a few of the examples and possibilities. Now, these are just a few more tips toward becoming the leader that you want to become in your business. I hope they are helpful to you, and I hope you're able to put some of this into practice for yourself. Be sure to check out my other podcasts, because there is a ton of leadership wisdom that can help you each and every day. Whatever your obstacle is, I've either experienced it for myself or I've helped a client work through it. So you will likely find some valuable guidance to help you. And if you're interested in business coaching that can take you exactly where you want to go and help you see your path clearly with support and clarity, check us out, strivecoachingstudio.com, where we have great resources in coaching that we dive into and tackle each and every day. We would love to see you there. Oh, and don't forget, like, subscribe, and share too, please. I'll see you next time. Check out our show notes in the podcast section on strivecoachingstudio.com to read these valuable tips. And thank you for listening.